Hey friend, welcome back to the Word of the Week. Today, we're going to be talking about something that we all struggle with, temptation. We all get tempted to sin at times, and we all have certain sins that we struggle with more than others. Yours may differ from mine, but we all struggle with something. But the good news is, Christ died so that not only will we have eternal life, but we also have power over sin. We don't have to continue to walk in it. We can overcome. So let's get started. As believers, it can be easy to ignore the hard stuff. It can be easy to not talk about sin and temptation and act like we all have it together because the world looks up to us, right? We are supposed to be the light. We're supposed to reflect Jesus. So we don't want to seem like we're overcome with sin or we just, or that like we even still struggle. But the reality is, we all struggle with some type of sin. So what is sin? First, let's uncomplicate things. Sin sounds like a big bad word. Satan uses it to condemn us and make us feel so unworthy. But in reality, sin is simply missing the mark. It means we didn't hit our target. We didn't hit the goal that God set for us. Does that mean that he no longer loves us? Absolutely not. It means that we still have work to do. As long as we're looking at ourselves as unworthy and we see ourselves as unfit and we think that God doesn't love us whenever we make a mistake, it makes our walk with God a lot more difficult. It makes us hide from him instead of going to him whenever we sin. It makes us feel unworthy instead of really receiving his grace and mercy. We won't accept it because we won't receive it. We don't believe we deserve it. See, Satan can't take anything from us because we have we already have victory in Christ. So his trick is to make us feel unworthy so that we won't go after it. If we don't believe that God loves us, we're not going to ask, ask for his forgiveness. We're not going to try to change. And even if we do, we'll give up pretty quickly because we'll feel like we can't do it. It's impossible. After we made a few mistakes, we're like, whatever, I can't do this. I might as well live how I've been living. At least I can have fun right now and, you know, who cares about going to hell later? I'll worry about that when I get there. But the reality is we can have a good life now without sin. Not saying you're living sinless, but you can strive for righteousness. You can strive to be holy. You can, whenever you fall down, you can get back up. The Bible tells us that the righteous man falls seven times, but he will rise again. So... Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Don't believe that you're unworthy because you struggle with sin currently or in the past, whatever. We just need to keep getting back up. We need to keep seeking God. Whenever we sin, we need to find someone we can confide in and confess our sins to and ask for their prayer and ask for their godly counsel, their wisdom to overcome. We need to be praying and asking God to help us to overcome, to strengthen us. But anyways, I've gotten ahead of myself. So... Like I said, let's simplify it and make it plain. Sin is simply missing the mark. We all do that, right? We don't always hit our goals every day. We strive and do our best, but we don't always hit our goals. But we still make progress, right? We may not complete our whole to-do list, but we knock some of the things off. So we're better than where we were yesterday. That's the point. That's what we're striving for. That's what living righteously means doesn't mean living a perfect life it means striving to be better progression not perfection faithfulness not flawlessness so now that we've talked about what sin is let's expose the lies 
Temptation is normal. Temptation is not sinful. Giving in to temptation is sinful. Even Jesus was tempted by Satan. Paul even talks about struggling with sin. He even talks about wanting to do what is right, but still doing what is wrong and being at war in his mind. Um, you can find that in Romans 7. Peter was tempted. I mean, if you look in the Bible, pretty much everyone in the Bible was tempted in some way. And even if it isn't mentioned in the Bible, we can assume that they had their temptations as well. The difference is with Jesus, he didn't sin. And now we have Jesus because of what he did on the cross when he died for us to save us from sin. He set us free from it. He gave us another way. So don't let the enemy, the world, or your flesh condemn you. Don't allow the thoughts that temptation means that you're sinning because you were tempted to sin that you sinned. Don't allow that to make you give up. And if you did sin, remember, it's missing the mark. It doesn't mean that you're unloved. But should you continue to go on and keep doing the same thing over and over again? Of course not. It means you should seek help. We're human. We make the mistakes. We just don't want to make it a habit. Recognize the lies. Sin tells us, I might as well keep doing what I want to do. I can live how I want to live. I can follow my desires and get away with it and, you know, pretty much do everything I want to without consequences. So that's pretty much one of the ways the enemy comes at us. He either tries to make us feel like we can't live without sin or he tries to justify it in our minds, think, making us feel like we're getting away with it by giving us temporary seemingly blessings however they end up being curses to us in the long run you know that person that comes around that we really liked that leads us into more sin or that raise that makes us too busy like now we have we got a raise and a promotion but now we're too busy for God we're too busy to spend time with him he sends things to try to distract us to try to deter us from God and to make us feel like we can live without God and as soon as we start realizing it's a trick, he sends something else to try to distract us. And even on our own, we can do that. Our flesh naturally craves sinful things um, due to the fall. But like I said, I don't even want to get off into that. I just want to expose the lies because I don't even want to give the enemy too much credit. I really want to make the focus of this pie episode to be how to overcome. I want to definitely expose the lies though. So we're going to talk about it some, but then we're going to move on to how to overcome. Another lie is that we can't have fun. We can't enjoy life or God doesn't want us to enjoy life or, you know, we can look at the wording in the Bible sometimes and see words like servant, submitting, and the enemy tries to make those words look negative through the media, you know, whether it's in marriage, whether it's in the church, whatever. Submission has kind of um, just received a bad rap, I guess we could say. Um, people think that submitting is wrong and it's bad, but that goes to how you view God. Do you truly view God as good? Do you see him as wanting good for you, wanting the best for you, wanting the best for his all of his children, his people? Or do you see God as some dictator who just wants to tell you what to do and is just looking down and pretty much manipulating us as little puppets? God is not forcing us to do anything. Even to go to heaven, we have the choice. We have free will to accept Jesus. 
We have free will to go to God and to seek him out. God never forces himself on us. He never tries to trick us into loving him. He wants us to come to him so that it's genuine, so that it's authentic. Satan tries to control us, tries to manipulate us, tries to make us see God in a negative light to deceive us and to keep us from going to him and to, from receiving everything that he has for us. And on top of that, our flesh, we see what the world is doing and we think it's good and we think it's fun. And we don't even realize that we're sitting in curses, that we're repeating cycles a lot of times until it's too late or until we're hurt and we have no other choice but to seek God out and try to break free from it. So one of the first steps to overcoming is recognizing that God is good and that he wants good for you. Think about it from the eyes of a parent or an aunt or a caregiver, whatever, the adult in the situation with a child. Imagine hearing your child, you're an adult and you hear, hear a child saying, I can do whatever I want and still live how I want to and have everything that I want to. I don't have to work. Whenever I become an adult, I can just, I can't wait to grow up. You know how kids do. You know, we all said it at one point. I can't wait till I'm grown so that I can do everything that I want to do. So that I can be whoever I want to be. So that I can go wherever I want to go. It sounds crazy to us. We realize like that's not how adulthood really is. Adulthood is a lot. It requires a lot of self-discipline. It requires a lot of budgeting and planning. You have to go to work or do something to make a living. Your life isn't just free, do whatever you want most of the time. But as a child, we don't understand that. We can't see it that way because we haven't experienced it. And as adults, we're nothing but bigger children. Yes, we have more responsibility, but we're still learning. At least we should be. We're still learning. We're still growing every day. We're still overcoming. God has seen it all. He created us. He lives outside of time. So he knows everything that's happened in our life, everything that's going to happen. And he can tell us what's best for us. He can judge what's right and what's good for us and what's wrong for us and what'll hurt us in the long run. But we have to trust that he's really looking out for us in order for us to willing, truly be willing to submit to his will and be willing to walk away from sin and recognize that he's trying to protect us whenever he's giving us, he's convicting us, whenever he's showing us that this isn't good for us. Sin isn't about trying to be perfect. It's trying to do things in the way that God created us to do them. That way we are protected from a lot of different things. We're not going through the same cycles. We're, over, we're able to overcome and learn our lessons and keep it moving. So I would say the first step in overcoming sin is recognizing that we actually need God to overcome, overcome sin and being willing to change and asking for his help to change and become better. We fool ourselves when we try to rely on our self-discipline and we say things like, I'm going to get my life together and then I'll go to God. I'm going to figure it all out because I want to do it right when I go to God. I want to make sure that I have everything. I'm able to live right and do what he has called me to do. We can't do it on our own. If we could do it on our own, Jesus would not have had to die. Jesus died so that we could have his presence with us everywhere so that we could be set free from sin, so that we could overcome sin. Honestly, I wish I could read the whole Romans 7 and 8 to you all, um, but we would be here all day. 
but I highly recommend going and reading it. Really, the whole book of Romans is amazing. But like I mentioned earlier, you know, Paul talks about struggling with sin in chapter seven. And he even says, um, I'm going to be reading from the NLT. Chapter seven, verse 21, he says, I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person am I? Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. And then we go down to chapter 8, and it says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And it goes on in chapter 8 to talk about living by the spirit. I'm not going to read it all, but like I said, I really hope you go and do your own studying. Um, But Paul talks about how the law of Moses wasn't able to free us. So God sent his son to do what the law could never do. You know, the enemy uses sin against us. Um, And it talks about this some in seven, but he uses sin against us to make us feel condemned. But in chapter eight, verse one, it tells us that there is no condemnation in Christ and that we can live by the spirit and when we allow the spirit to control us the holy spirit when we walk by the holy spirit and not by our sinful nature we begin to change we are able to overcome sin we want to live li- live lives that glorify god we're no longer led by the law which means we don't have to try to be perfect we just have to follow the Holy Spirit's convictions whenever we feel like this isn't right this isn't sitting right with my spirit I know I shouldn't be doing this at that point that's when we need to walk away from that situation that sin we need to remove ourselves and set boundaries in place so that we're not tempted we need to ask God for help in those situations because we can't overcome it on our own of course sometimes we're still going to fall into it but like I said that's when we need to be praying and asking for his help When we have been in the world for a really long time, there are a lot of things that we don't even realize is sin that we're participating in. We don't realize how far we can go and how quick things can lead to temptation and how quick temptation can lead to sin. So we try to rely on self-control, but self-control is something that anyone can slip anyone we can justify our actions we can justify the things that we want to do our mind automatically does it for us based on our offenses you know if somebody has hurt us we feel like it's okay to hurt them back because you know it's justice in a sense is how we feel at least but whenever we're walking with the holy spirit the holy spirit reveals things to us and like i said it invites it gives us the opportunity to pray and ask for help it gives us opportunity to change. We're no longer relying on ourself. We're relying on God and the power, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 10, it talks about the Israelites. It talks about how God led them out of Egypt and how he did miracles amongst them. And they still continue to sin. They still continue to practice idolatry and rebel against God. And it talks about how they, 
their story is an example to us, a warning to us. If these first believers could actually walk and see miracles like the Red Sea parting, you know, a cloud guiding them by day, fire by night, if they actually had all these miracles in front of them and they still sin, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't try to trust yourself. Don't try to do what you feel is right. You need to lean on God. You need to depend on God and the Holy Spirit to guide you. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12 says, If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So when we break this down, I see a warning against spiritual pride. So many of us, including myself, can think I have overcome my sin and start trying to handle it on my own and even start trying to put myself in situations where I may be around it or I may be tempted because I feel like I've overcome it and I'm strong enough and I start leaning on my uh, leaning on self-discipline more than I'm leaning on God and trusting him when he tells me don't go that to those type of places, don't do those type of things. And whenever we get that sense of spiritual pride and we think that we have it under control, we have to be careful because we can fall. And me personally, I have fallen during those in those situations. You know, I will be humble and say, I have literally felt the Holy Spirit telling me, don't go, don't do that, don't, you know, stay at home, whatever. And I'm thinking, I'm just, I convince myself, like I said earlier, we can make, we can justify what we want to do. And I will convince myself that that's just me being religious and feeling like, you know, trying to be overly cautious and that I should be able to go and do things and have a little fun and, you know, be around those things again and be strong enough to overcome it and, you know, not fall into temptation. But each time I have realized, you know, whether I came really close to falling into temptation or I actually fell into temptation, I realized that I should have listened to the Holy Spirit from the start. And I end up, you know, not having a good time and also hating how I feel afterwards hating that I gave the enemy something to use against me. Whenever we live righteously, we take the power away from the enemy. He no longer has anything to use to make us feel ashamed, to make us feel guilty, and to make us not seek God. But whenever we are walking in sin, he loves to condemn us. Of course, like I said, there's no condemnation in Christ. God doesn't want us to feel guilty. When we fall short, he wants us to get back up start again he wants us to seek him out and ask him for forgiveness and to work towards being better ask for his help and to continue to grow not sit in it sitting in it does not do us any good feeling guilty does not do us any good only thing it can do is really make us feel like we can't do this and make us give up make us less likely to keep seeking out God because we feel like he doesn't want to hear us we we begin to decide that we're unworthy so we won't seek God out the next part of this verse says that the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Just because we have the Holy Spirit, just because we're walking with God and we may have overcome sin doesn't mean that we won't go through temptation. If Jesus still went through temptation, we are definitely going to go through temptation, if not more so. Satan doesn't want us to reach what God has for us. He doesn't want us to overcome our sins. He doesn't want us to break cycles. He doesn't want us to break generational curses. So he is going to tempt us in every way possible. 
but the good thing about that is well I guess we can say it's a good thing about it um the good thing about this verse I should say we know that we're not alone you're not by yourself if you're still struggling with sin if you feel like you should have overcame it by now don't feel bad you're not by yourself the fact that you feel that lets you know and lets me know that the Holy Spirit is still within us telling us you know showing us that we're on the wrong path and that we need to turn back around and go back towards God we can still do it we just need to get back up don't sit in it and we can also confess to each other that we're struggling with those sins because there is strength in numbers whenever we're confessing to the right people and I mean godly counsel not you know the world we can't go to the world with our problems because they don't understand not to condemn anyone or not to talk bad about anyone who's in the world of course but we can't go to someone who doesn't understand the things that we're trying to do because they're not really going to be able to talk to us from a biblical standpoint they're not going to be able to give us godly counsel if they're not consulting with God about anything in their life so seek a brother or sister in Christ reach out to a pastor at your church or you know leadership in the church pray for godly friends God is faithful he will send you community sometimes he does have us in a season where we're more alone and where he wants us to depend on him because we can as believers um, especially new believers begin to um, idolize the person who is helping us grow with God um, the person who's trying to disciple us instead of actually going to God for ourselves. So it can kind of hinder us. So I believe that God is strategic. Whenever we become a new believer, he does have us in a season of time where we're just spending it with him and we're just praying to him and asking him for direction and reading his word and getting to know who he is before he sends us in abundance of um, believers. But that doesn't mean that you won't have godly counsel. That doesn't mean that you can't get into a church. That doesn't mean you can't read your Bible It doesn't mean that you can't, you know, have friends and support or that God won't send that. You just may have to be more creative about um, where you seek your counsel. And like I said, not going to the world, maybe not going to those old friends that you used to turn to for advice. Now, the most inspirational part of this verse and encouraging part of this verse or these verses for me um, is part of verse 13 when it says, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. This tells us that we can pray and ask God for for his help, that he is faithful and he will provide a way out. I have literally been in a situation where I set myself up and I thought I could control myself um, with lust, thought I could drink, you know, and hang around. Um, the guy I was dating at the time and I would be all right but guess what during that time you know I wanted to fall into temptation I will be honest I wanted to but I had prayed beforehand and I prayed in that moment I was like God help me I know what I'm wanting to do but I know it's not right and whenever I prayed God gave me a way out I'm not even gonna say how because it's slightly embarrassing but anyways He made a way for me not to fall into that sin um, that evening, and I was very thankful for that. So don't set yourself up to depend on yourself, on self-control. Trust God. If you find yourself in a situation, pray about it. You know, it's going to take some learning, especially whenever you're first trying to overcome that sin. And 
I mean, this is whether you're a new believer or you've been on your journey for a long time. Um, at least for me, that has this has been the case. With each sin that you start to overcome, you're going to fall into it some at first as you're learning where to set boundaries and what you can do and what you can't do how far is too far you're going to fall into that sin and you're going to each time you should just be learning if you fall into it okay what did I do you know that maybe I shouldn't do next time what is it about myself that's causing me to fall into that sin what am I seeking what am I lacking that I'm looking for in that sin and as you start asking yourself these questions the Holy Spirit will start revealing things to you things about yourself that you may not have noticed like things such as greed or a scarcity mindset whenever it comes to money that leads you into you know financial uh, or greed or maybe fear fear of being left out fear of not being good enough or not being liked not being loved or not having friends losing friends Whatever you may be looking for in that sin, um, I know for me, validation was a big thing. I would seek validation from social media, from men, from friends. I was a people pleaser. So a lot of my sins involve those things. Whatever I could do to make a person feel good or feel happy or like me, I would do it. And I had to See that so that I could start being fulfilled by God in those areas so that I could start looking to God to tell me who I am and to validate me and that helps me to overcome those sins so you know the Holy Spirit will start revealing things like I said you will start recognizing where you need to place boundaries and place firm boundaries if you say I you know okay I'll use me as an example again because I know my life um I knew I struggled with lust and I knew I struggled with sexual temptation. So I can't hang out with guys in an intimate setting. I can't be, I don't care, you know, whether it's friendships or dating or anything. I can't be in the house in a private setting with a guy. You know, of course, if it's, you know, a party or whatever, where there's several people there, that's different. But like hanging out on a couch, Netflix and chilling. No, I can't do that. And it was hard at first because I was still talking to people and they, you know, would try to say, oh, well, can't you control yourself and say things like that? No, no, I'm not going to put myself in that position. And people in the world don't understand that. And even I didn't understand that. At first, I was like, dang, I should be able to have enough self-control. But you have to realize self-control is the last line of defense. Like, that should be the last thing that you rely on. And in addition to that, not going to someone's house, you know, in an intimate setting or not being out late night, that is having self-control. Self-control is not being able to control yourself in an intimate situation or not being able to control yourself right up to sinning, whatever your sin is. Self-control is really setting those boundaries and saying, I'm not going to do things that can lead me into temptation. It's knowing your limits. It's knowing where you fall short at. So anyways, set those boundaries, set yourself up for success, take care of yourself. I cannot stress this enough. You know, the Snickers commercial, you're not you when you're hungry. When we are hungry, when we are tired, when we are overwhelmed or stressed or lacking in some area, that's where we're most easily attacked. We're, we're not thinking rationally whenever we haven't got enough rest we're not taking care of ourselves, when we're not eating right all of those things play a role 
science backs this up. Do your own research. Taking care of yourself is very important. Making sure you're spiritually fulfilled is very important. Spending that time with God, whether it's in the morning or evening, whatever your time that you have set aside with God is so important. New believer, long-time believer, whatever, no matter how long you've been walking with God, you can struggle with temptation if you are not making sure that you are seeking God daily. If you're not talking to God and spending that time with God and you're just, you know, allowing your day to be busy and crowded, you don't make the best decisions because you're not thinking logically. You haven't had that time in his presence and you're more easily manipulated. Another thing is to try not to make rushed decisions. Slow down. Everything doesn't have to... First of all, God is never in a rush. I'll tell you that right now. One of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. God is not in a rush. We are. God does not live inside of time. We do. So we think that everything has to be done by a certain age or by a certain day. But God is on his own time. Like I said, he created time. He does not live within the frames of time. So he's not in a rush. Take your time making decisions, especially big decisions. Pray and seek God's counsel. Seek his wisdom before making decisions, whether it's to go hang out with a certain crowd, um, being around certain people, buying a house, moving to another city, all the things. Seek God in his wisdom before you make a decision because when you're rushing, you're going to be more tempted to make a decision that aligns with your flesh and not with your spirit. And to help with that, I would say plan your day. We all know the saying, idle hands are the devil's workshop or idle lips are his mouthpiece. It's true. Whenever you have too much free time, when you're not planning your day, you set yourself up for failure. I'm not saying that that means you're going to fail every time, but if you have too much free time, that's whenever we get bored and that's whenever we look to our past life to fulfill our time and to find pleasure, um, whatever. So plan your day, you know, whether it's hanging out with friends, going to work, studying, everything, just make a plan. And whenever you make a plan and you have everything set up, you know what you're going to do for that day. You don't have time to get distracted with the world and everything that's going on. You don't have time to be distracted with temptation. When that person sends you that, hey, big head text, or your friend asks you to go out to eat and you know you're on a diet, you're trying to be healthier, you're trying to eat in a way that glorifies God, and your friend is asking you to go out to eat, you already have plans because you had already planned your meal for the day, you already planned your workout for the day, and you don't want to mess that up. You don't want to throw it off by trying to go out for dinner. So plan, plan, plan. Praying and planning go hand in hand um, whenever we're talking about overcoming sin talking to God inviting him in and making sure that you're prepared you're rested you're eating right you're taking care of yourself you're setting those boundaries and watching your surroundings all of those things fall into planning so when you're doing your part God can do his part and it makes his part flow properly it helps you to grow and actually see it may be little changes at a time doesn't all happen at once. As long as you're progressing, as long as you did better today than you did yesterday, or better, you want to do better, be doing better next week than you're doing this week. That's what matters. It's not about being perfect. So don't beat yourself up when you make a mistake. Don't beat yourself up when you miss the mark. Try again. Practice makes perfect. 
Well, I guess I shouldn't say that because we won't be perfect until it's time to go be with God. But you know what I mean. We all know the same. Break free from bondage. It's time to stop trying to live for the world and to live for God and to live in the way he has called us to live and to bring glory to him and his kingdom. We want to live that life. We want what God created us to have. He is our creator. So we know the creator, the person who put us here, wants what's best for us. So anyways, I hope this message has really encouraged you. I thought it was going to be short, but it seems it's a little bit longer than usual. But anyways, many blessings to you. Talk with you soon. Thanks for listening, friend. I hope today's show blessed you. Be sure to follow us for new content and share this show with a friend. Also, subscribe to my YouTube page, God's Wit, for videos to encourage you on your journey. Be blessed.